Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. You're very welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, the Online Safety Commissioner will join me to explain how her office will work to make the online world a less harmful place. Plus, could AI replace your favourite music artist? As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. But we're going to start this week with Neve Hodnett, who is one of five commissioners working for the newly established Commission Naman. This body has been tasked with regulating the world of broadcasting and online services. Neve is the Online Safety Commissioner, which is a role that we've talked about quite a bit on this programme over the last number of years. And I sat down with her earlier this week and started by asking her about the overall goal of her office. Thanks, Jess. So I'm the Online Safety Commissioner here at Commission the Man. And my role is to ensure online safety is implemented from the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act. So my role would be to establish and enforce an online safety regime or regulatory regime here in Ireland. In Commission Naman, I am one of five commissioners. So we're led by an executive chair, Jeremy Godfrey. And there's also a broadcasting commissioner, a media development commissioner, myself, the online safety commissioner. And next week we'll be joined by the digital services commissioner. So in relation to my role, so this is um, um, establishing and implementing the framework for online safety here in Ireland. I'm going to be designating the services for regulation and adopting a binding online safety code. And the code is something that we're going to jump into in just a quick minute. But I wanted to talk through, uh, I suppose, just how broad a role you have. Because I've been at launches before where, you know, whether it's the Taoiseach of the day, the Taunish of the day, ministers of the day, saying that one of the biggest issues we have when it comes to regulating anything that happens online is that it is called the World Wide Web. So you don't always know who the person is who's doing something, who the brand is, who the company is, where they are. Uh, I suppose give me a bit of insight into the team that you're surrounding yourself by and how you'll go about chasing down and putting right some of the wrongs that are happening. So our plan is to reduce harmful content online and how we're going to do that is by putting the basic building blocks for regulation in place this year. So that's the designating of the services for regulation, the video sharing platform service, and also adopting the binding online safety code, which will set binding measures that video sharing platform services have to comply with once that's in place. That's going to take us this year to put in place. We've already stood up two projects in relation to that and we've already started those. So we currently have a consultation, a public consultation on our website on the category designation of video sharing platform services. And we also have a wide call for inputs published as well on our website where we're asking the public what should be in our first online safety code so that we can hear from the platforms themselves, but also civil societies, NGOs, government departments and indeed the public on what measures should be contained in our online safety code. So they're they're the two main projects we've established and we're already up and running with um, in our first year of operation because we were established on the 15th of March and we published our work plan on the 20th of June and we've kicked off those two key projects to put the basic building blocks of regulation in place for online safety this year. 
and the type of team I'm surrounding myself in relation to that is um, we when we were establishing the 15th of March Commission Aman the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland which is our predecessor became Commission Aman on that date so the former staff of the BAI are now the staff of Commission Aman and they are assisting me with those two key projects but we also have a big recruitment drive going on at the moment and if any of your listeners are listening I will be interested in a very exciting career to help shape a new regulator and um, we ha- are recruiting at, at, at all levels and across all functions of the organization uh, to ramp up and on in our staff numbers so that we will have the necessary resources in place to be able to deliver an important mandate I was reading up online uh, just bits and pieces about, again, the role, the office and the vision here. And I noticed that there were four categories of harmful content online. Uh, So number one is material that's criminal to share. Two is material that's readily identifiable as serious cyberbullying. Three is material that is readily identifiable as promoting eating disorders. And four is material that is readily identifiable as promoting or providing instructions for suicide and self-harm. Obviously, all of those make pure sense. But I want to zone in a little bit on the cyberbullying one for a quick minute. Um, Because... It's something that we've spoken about here on News Talk quite a lot over the years. I've had parents emailing me, um, particularly with concerns around their, you know, kids, young teens and older teenagers. And then also myself as an adult who has been targeted online. And one of the things that I spoke about briefly last week on air is uh, some of the messages I've been receiving over the last little while have been deeply upsetting, deeply personal, very attacking And when I report them using the reporting protocols on whatever platform it is, they're found not to be in breach. So when it comes to something like cyberbullying, getting that definition and the spectrum and the understanding of the impact on the person, that's going to be a massive challenge. That's absolutely one of our areas of focus, Jess. So as you say, as well as the offence-based harms, um, cyberbullying is another type of harmful content to find under the act and in our call for inputs that we have out there on, on our website, we're asking um, what harmful content should we be focusing on in our first online safety code? And that's one of the harmful contents that we call out, so cyberbullying. But also in relation to the offence-based um, content, we also call out hate speech, harassment, um, as also types of harmful content that our online safety code will address. So these are absolutely areas of harmful content that our first online safety code will be seeking to address. And we're going to put measures in place in our online safety code to address that. So the measures that we are going to be putting in place in our first online safety code, and we'll be, we are consulting in the call for inputs as to what they should be and how to best apply those in the circumstances are things like safety by design and a child-centered approach. We'll also be looking at um, having effective complaint handling and content moderation systems in place with the platforms and ensuring that they report to us on how they're dealing with content moderation and complaint handling. And I suppose the the content moderation will have to be transparent and user friendly. So there there will have to be a transparent, user friendly approach for people to be able to flag harmful content and to request its removal and an effective complaint handling measure in place for complaint to be dealt with in a timely way and we're consulting in our call for inputs as to what those timelines should be and should we be setting timelines in relation for dealing with those complaints. 
Uh, one of the things that I'm very aware of is that the platforms, a lot of the platforms now use artificial intelligence in terms of judgment calls when it comes to, you know, me reporting somebody saying that I'm stupid or I'm whatever online. And because it's not one of the trigger words they've identified, it's found not to be in breach. Will your office or is it, is it possible that your office will look for more human moderation alongside the artificial intelligence and to rebalance that seesaw slightly? What we'll be doing in our first online safety code um, and in our call for inputs is requiring the platforms to reduce harmful content online and putting effective measures in place to be able to reduce that harmful content. What we'll be doing then next year when we have the basic regulatory building blocks in place this year through the online safety code and the designation is we'll be monitoring for compliance with that code and taking enforcement action or, or complaints either on the basis of an own initiative investigation enforcement action or on the basis of complaint enforcement action to see if they're complying with the binding online safety code. Um, uh, it would be too early at this point to say what's going to be in the online safety code. Would we be prescribing a particular method, AI versus human content? I think there's a lot of benefits to both. Mm. When you have got AI content moderation, then it means that humans don't have to moderate or see um, some of the quite upsetting or triggering harmful content or illegal content online. Um, And also AI can get through an awful lot of content moderation quicker than a human reviewer can. So I, 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 I think it's too early to say at this stage, and I'm not sure we would be prescribing a particular particular um, approach or methodology because we'll be overtaken by technology if we were to mandate too strictly um, the balance between human and AI in terms of content moderation. But certainly there would always have to be in the appeals or in the complaints handling human oversight and human intervention to be able to deal with with those issues. Um, And I think another thing to say is that we'll expect those complaint handling and the content moderation to be effective and timely and that um, if not, once we are doing our enforcement, we will take issue or action in relation to that. Towards the back end of next year, we're also looking at putting in place our individual complaints framework. So there, once a user has raised an issue with a platform and once the new code binding obligations are in place for that um, complaint or issue be dealt with in a, in a diligent and timely and effective way, and once the appeals process has been gone through, then then the user could bring the complaint to us at Commission Naman and we're going to then set up an individual complaints mechanism to be able to deal with that. Taking it back to uh, the children and young people online, um, Alex Cooney of CyberSafe Kids is off and on with me talking through the work that they're doing to try and inform parents and so on. And I'm just curious if you have an, an idea or a vision for how your office will support the parents who may not be tech literate, don't know if something is worthy of the guards, need help and support from a digital literacy point of view, And then also from an enforcement point of view, if something is found to be in breach. Yes, one of our roles is in the area of media literacy or digital literacy. So as well as pure regulation, if you like, so we'll be rather than regulating users, we'll be regulating the platform. So the binding on unsafety codes will be uh, applied to the platforms, not to users. So I think that's important to note when we talk about enforcement, it's not enforcement against users, it's enforcement against the platforms to ensure they have effective measures in place. Um, one of the measures that we'll be looking to put in place in online safety code are parental controls. So to 
ensure that effective parental controls are offered by the platforms that are easy to use, transparent, and whether they should be on by default in relation to minor accounts. Um, so some of these types of parental controls that could be considered, um, which we're consulting on our call for inputs, are things like time limits, they're things like um, having location settings turned off by default for minors, having advertising turned off by default or profiling of advertising turned off by default for minors. So these are some of the types of measures that we're consulting on. Um, but separately to all of regulation, there is certainly a role for education, digital literacy, media literacy, because it's not all about regulating the platforms. I think we all have a role to play in relation to this. We as parents also empowering children themselves to be able to navigate the online world safer and more civilly. So I engaged with a youth panel um, earlier on this week, I spoke with Spun Out's youth panel and we we're discussing how, in addition to regulation, the importance of educating parents and children as to how to be civil online and the importance of that education role so that we all think before we post about the impact it can have on another person, not just children, adults too. Yeah, and that point around adults too is so important because... You know, if you open any social platform any day of the week and you scroll through, you don't have to be on it for too long before you see something that's, you know, either potentially harmful, that could be deemed inappropriate. And it always sparks up this debate of, you know, freedom of speech and self-expression versus minding people's feelings and well-being and so on. It is going to be, I've said it three times now, but it is going to be a difficult task. Like You're not going to just swoop in with a magic wand going, there, I fixed the internet, now you can all enjoy it. I don't think we're going to make the internet safe at the end of our Binding Online Safety Code, but we'll certainly make it safer from where it is today. And we, it's important to suppose that we also focus on the positive. So we want it to be a vibrant space where we can all engage digitally in, in, a, in a safe way. But we do have to strike that balance between protecting us from harm and freedom of expression, so the rights of children to participate in the digital society, but also privately and safely. Um, we also have to think about the economic rights of the regulated entities too. So we have to be proportionate. So I suppose it is that balancing act if we want to enjoy our digital lives, but we want to feel safer than we do today. Um, the uh, one in, in, area that really interests me, I don't know if you saw the story earlier in the week, uh, Tommy Bow of Ireland AM, former rugby player, uh, highlighted a number of scam ads that have basically photoshopped him into the image and said that, you know, he had been arrested for something or he'd gone too far this time. And we've seen these types of ads before where they use the name and the face of a celebrity to get you to click through, bring you to a scam website and then whatever happens, happens. Is is that type of content something that will cross your desk? Because I suppose there is a safety element of you're going onto a site that is purporting to be one thing and then it's something else entirely. In addition to the um, online safety codes, we at Commission of Man will also have a role in relation to the Digital Services Act. And the Digital Services Act will apply from the 25th of August for very large online platforms. And it will apply um, from February 2024 in relation to, to most intermediate online services. Um, so the The reason I call it the Digital Services Act is that deals with illegal content online and also disinformation. So a lot of you are suggesting there might fall within the ambit of disinformation, which Mm. can be dealt with under the Digital Services Act, or indeed if it produces scam or it amounts to illegal content, that can also be dealt with there. So I think both pieces of legislation, both our own Online Safety Media Regulation Act and the European Digital Services Act, 
would seek to work hand in glove to reduce illegal and harmful content online. And what we'd expect to see um, because of the transparency requirements in relation to advertising and the traceability requirements in relation to advertising, we would expect to see an improvement um, in this area from the platforms that they will have to be aware of who's putting these ads on their platforms and they'll have to be aware of who's posting in relation to this. Mm. Uh, we spoke to Jackie Fox on the programme a number of months ago and Jackie is the woman who led the charge for what's called Coco's Law um, which is, relates to sort of intimate image abuse and that is a, a true piece of progress that has happened in terms of tackling harmful, very upsetting content that can occur online. Um, do you anticipate... I suppose this is a stupid question, so bear with me. But will what your office introduce, will that become legislation or is it codes of conduct? And is there scope for the codes of conduct to then therefore become legislation a la Coco's Law? So Coco's Law and the non-consensual intimate image sharing is one of the offence-based harms in our act. So it's one of, of uh, because it's one of the offence, 42 offence-based harms, it's de facto harmful content under our own act. And so when we adopt our binding online safety code, it'll be to reduce harmful content online and to take steps to remove it. Uh, so that will be covered by our binding online safety code. Our code, when we adopt it, although it is not legislation in, in the true sense of the word, it does have to be before um, the House of the Oireachtas. We give it to our minister and she lays before the House of the Oireachtas. Um, and a breach of the online safety code, because it's a binding online safety code, attracts significant civil and indeed criminal sanctions in relation to certain contraventions. And so it is very much binding in that sense and, and can be enforced accordingly. Um, we often talk about GDPR. I love a bit of data protection. Uh, we've heard quite a bit about the da- uh, from the Data Protection Commission over the years. Um, will the fines are, are the fines as sort of black and white and set in stone as a fine for a breach of GDPR for the platforms if they don't adhere to your codes? The fines can be significant under our Act. So under the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act, a breach of the binding online safety code can attract fines of up to 10% of relevant turnover or 20 million, whichever is the greater. So that is indeed significant. And under the Digital Services Act, a breach of the Digital Services Act can attract fines of up to 6% of worldwide turnover. So it's again, very significant indeed. So I think we are talking about similar um, types of fines as would be or could be imposed under the GDP or by the Data Protection Commission. Um, but I think what we all tend to focus in on the stick, but there's an awful lot, I think, as you mentioned earlier, outside of the fining of the platforms um, or indeed the criminal uh, sanctions in relation to some particular contraventions of the Act, that outside of that, there is this opportunity now for us all to work together whether in light of the Digital Services Act or of the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act, and to work with the good work that some of the platforms are already doing in this area and to move the dial further in the right direction to introduce safety by design as a concept, to reduce the amplification of harmful content online, uh, to improve education and media literacy and digital literacy, um, and to equip parents and children to navigate safer online. Yeah, and I suppose that you make such a good point and sometimes I'm too cynical. Like the goal here is that your office doesn't have to do anything because everyone online just behaves and everything is great and that is the vision. Um, and I know from meeting individuals who work at some of these big tech platforms that we often talk about, there is the will and the want there. 
But I do think sometimes it can be like catching smoke because you can't give everyone an internet supervisor to watch what you do and pre-approve what you do. That's just not how it works. Um, have you engaged with the platforms? Because I, I think I read in a, in a fact bungle, bundle about your office is that like 11 of the 17 big platforms are HQ'd here in Ireland or something like that. There's a stat like that. Um, so have you been engaging with them and is there that appetite for cooperation and regulation? Because Mark Zuckerberg of Meta has said multiple times that you know his firm would welcome more regulation uh, when it comes to online safety. Yes, we've been engaging with all the platforms and you're right, 11 of the very large online platforms or very large online search engines are, are established here in Ireland. And we have been meeting with the platforms and learning about where they are in their, in their online safety journey to date. Um, and I suppose where the gaps are too, or where the improvements could be going forward. They are all very engaged in relation to this. Um, and whether it'll be done in, um, in cooperation, it'll certainly be done in consultation. And that's why we're consulting on what should be in our first online safety code and consulting on the designating of video sharing platform services currently. Um, and we'll be consulting every step of the way with the platforms, but not just with the platforms, also with civil societies and with NGOs who we've been meeting with also. So all the stakeholders in this space. Mm. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence in the context of art. So, you know, music and movies and all the rest. Yeah, I know I can't wait for that conversation. But uh, we know that the the rate of change in the world of technology is breathtaking. There's something new coming out every other day of the week. Will your office have the pace and the agility to keep up with changes that come rather than, you know, in three years time, introduce something that's impacting me as a human being here today. I think we, we're very much bearing that in mind when we are thinking about how we're going to draft our first online safety code. If we are too prescriptive, it will be overtaken by innovation probably faster than our Incas try in our first online safety code. So for that reason, it'll be important to embed principles um, as opposed to maybe too prescriptive an approach in relation to the online safety code, a principle-based code, um, and also I, the Digital Services Act takes a risk-based approach. So the platforms, for example, have to conduct risk assessments and take mitigating measures uh, to show how they are addressing those risks. Um, the danger of being too prescriptive in relation to a code or legislation or otherwise is that there is innovation and there is development of technology happening faster than we can keep pace either as regulators or legislators. Uh, so it is very important to have that principle-based approach. But I think a principle such as safety by design and a child-centered approach, privacy by design, security by design, these principles can be used um, regardless of the development of technology or, or the pace of change. Mm. Uh, my final question is, I'm sure the existence of uh, your role is going to give a whole host of people that sense of comfort that it is being taken seriously, that there's work that can be done and that action will be taken. I know that I certainly feel better knowing the, that it exists. Um, how long do you expect it to be before we start seeing action? And I, I know you kind of like Rome wasn't built in a day and you do have to do all of the work that's going on now. But when do you think, you know, Mary on the street down the road will start feeling the impact of knowing that there is somebody there doing the work that you're doing? Well, we're here now and we're doing the work um, that we are doing and um, we are already consulting on what should be in our first online safety code. So we've published that call for inputs and we'd be delighted to hear from your listeners on 
on what they think we should be putting in the first online safety code. That's out there on our website at the moment. We're also consulting on the designation. We expect to have the designation and the online safety code in place by the end of the year. And so we'll be able to take enforcement action next year and be able to handle complaints towards the end of next year. Um, in relation to the Digital Services Act, that applies for the very large online platforms and search engines from the 25th of August of this year. So they're already taking steps to come into compliance in relation to that. So I, I do think that um, we're already starting to see measures be adopted by platforms to bring themselves into compliance with the Digital Services Act so that they're in a good place from the 25th of August of this year. Um, and we'll continue to see further improvements once the online safety codes are in place in the end of this year, because the platforms won't wait till, you know, they will start taking measures in, in advance, as they have been doing, and building on their existing um, trust and safety measures. Well, look, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I can't wait to see the full impact, uh, you know, in two, three, four years down the line, uh, what this will mean, not only for young people in the country who are going up with the internet, but as I said, adults as well, because I think sometimes we don't fully appreciate the impact that online content, harmful on, online content can have on adults. Um, like I've seen it with friends and with colleagues and with people I know quite well. Uh, so I do hope that everybody takes it seriously and also just stop being a moron online. Uh, that would be the goal. Uh, but Neve, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Jess, thank you so much for having me. That was Neve Hodnett, the Online Safety Commissioner, speaking with me earlier this week. Uh, I would love to know what you think. What should be in the Online Safety Code? And are you confident that it will make the internet a less harmful place? Techtalk at Newstalk.com is the email address. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, could AI realistically replace Oasis?